Today's programming. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> What's up, guys? We're back from uh, for Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. We were just joking. We we were doing that in our ears when uh, before we started, and we thought it'd be really funny. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> and I realized I can't talk quietly like that it's right not a physical impossibility for me or not a physical possibility yeah you physically her voice cannot no. talk talk like this you can't talk like, oh well, Hi, there everyone. we go i got it uh, i'd like to welcome you i'm just gonna talk to you nice, <laughs> nice and quiet like but uh we're back for a brand new week guys we're gonna be talking about two movies this week one being the keep and the church that's right. Yeah. So we we might have done the church here in the past, but I don't think we ever gave it the full justice that it deserved. So we're going to give it a brand new BTV polish and uh, break it down for you all. But uh, so stick around for that. Uh, we are going to be skipping the news because these two movies have a lot of information about them. So just buckle the fuck up and uh, get ready. But uh, how you been, Brittany? How Excellent. things going? Good. Things are good. Do anything cool? It's been busy. No, yeah? I haven't really done anything cool. I forgot like everything that I did this past week, guys. So you'll have to forgive me. I'm trying to piece it together in my head, but like I don't have like days. Like I just have like one big work week. I guess it feels like most times, except for yesterday. I think I put up some articles or something or did something, but I took the day off and was like, I'm just gonna relax. Yeah. I didn't even. I put my phone down. That's why I didn't respond to you right away. I was just like, fuck this. I think I watched three episodes of the Legion show, which is that Marvel uh, TV show on FX, which is actually really good. I like it. It's really stylish, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. It's kind of dark. It's like really dark at times. So, uh, but I don't know. I, I'm really into that. Uh, one of our listeners and friends, Sarah, Sarah Five. Hi, Sarah. Uh, She actually uh, suggested it, and I was like, I'm going to look into this. And I watched the trailer, and then I was like, why haven't I watched this? Okay, I'm going to try it. And so I did, and man, I really enjoy it. So thanks, Sarah. Thank you for bringing us together. (laughs) Uh, I've been watching a a few other horror movies and playing that God of War game, though. Uh, The new God of War, um, which I don't know what I think yet. I don't know if it's like God's slice of bread that everybody's giving it credit for. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, BTV stickers, 
are back. The vinyl stickers from our friend at Jars from Mars is putting it up. She has many different sizes, many different colors, so that you can pick whatever you like. Uh, they're actually very affordable, and they go to help out the podcast here. Plus, show your support for what we do. So if you haven't picked up one yet, uh, it goes a long way to help us out. All you got to do is just follow the link below or go to the Yetzi account. I've posted on all the social media so far this week, so... Uh, as of yesterday for you guys. Uh, but yeah, check it out and uh, definitely help if you can support to the podcast. It goes a long way to help us keep the lights on around here. So, but that's uh, that's pretty much all I have. Um, I've been just been working behind the scenes, came, trying to come up with a new logo for the band, the side project band thing I showed you. Yeah. It's, just, it's not finished, but I just wanted to kind of get an idea so that the guy who's doing the logo work can be like, oh, okay, I kind of have an idea what you want. So yeah. we'll oh, see. We'll wait. see. I do have one one thing. So my husband's band oh. released a uh, song off their newest album. Oh, okay. Teaser or whatever. So this is their newest song that they have. Uh, my husband's band is called Sound Man Kills. That's what you had to look up. No. <laughs> I know the name of his band, and I know the name of the album. I just wanted to make sure that the name of the album was the same as the song that they released, so okay. I don't sound like a piece of shit. Anyway, um, and that Sound Man Kills with a Z, so it's S-O-U-N-D-M-A-N-K-I-L-L-Z. One word? Out there. One word. Yeah. Um, their new album is going to be called Specters and Ghosts. The new song that they released up on the YouTube on the is also called Specters and Ghosts. If we are friends on the Facebook or whatever, and you can't find it, you're stupid. <laughs> but I'll send it to you anyway. We'll post it on the thing. <laughs> we should post it on the thing, because it's really good, and their yeah. album cover is fucking tits. So. I haven't even looked at it. I've just been... And uh, their new song is fucking incredible. Uh, I'm not just it saying out. that, because I'm married to a band member. So wait, there's a video? It's just like a picture. Oh, okay. I was like, video. what the fuck? Like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, no, they just did. They the From song... conception to, to like video fucking, <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Yeah, no, the song's like complete recorded done. Okay. So, and the album is, I'm pretty sure still in process. I don't think they're done with the full album yet. But... And just so you know, guys, we were paid by them to say this. I wish. I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they're awesome. It's a great fucking song. Yeah, if you I'm like really rock and uh, alternative sort of well, thing. they're metal. Yeah, it's metal art, but it's like a mix of a lot but of things. But it's metal where like you can understand what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, like they sing so. and they do scream a it's little like bit, but it's not like... Metal rock. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It's fucking good. I don't care All what right. anybody says. Eat a dick. <laughs> uh, I, I need to check it out now, too, because I haven't listened to you. Yeah, you so. should, you fucker. I'm really... I don't Facebook well, so... It's a good... You don't Facebook well. I really don't. It's like, a really good song. I had some... Uh, a little bit of a run-in here. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I uh, did a um, I told you about this. I'm not going to like go into details about this, but uh, I did a Kickstarter for the Evil Dead 2 board game uh, back in July of 2016. You know, shit happens sometimes like these projects on Kickstarter get pushed off and pushed off like it got pushed off into February of 2017 and they put out a Terminator board game at that time. And then like a few months later, they put out a fucking uh what is it? The Omnibus for Evil Dead 2 comics for Space Goat Productions, by the way. And they kept putting out stuff on Kickstarter and we never got to see our stuff. Well, that would have all been fine because we understand these things cost money. They take time, all of that shit. But we just got a, a, a update and it was asking us to buy shares in their business through another share. Shady. Uh, like crowdfunding fucking investment 
page. Yeah. And weird. that's when everybody was like, fuck you, dude. Like, where's our fucking game? Mm-hmm. Like, we've been waiting for updates. They're like, oh, the figurines. So I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to talk smack. I understand these things happen. Maybe they did. You know, when you have a business, not everybody knows how to run it. It's very clear that it that's one of the reasons. But I think the big thing is, is that instead of us finding out what has happened for the past six months, we've been getting the runaround from everybody. And then we get this thrown in our faces and they even tell us oh for the past six months we've been working on this and it's like man so now if they don't reach about 250k minimum we won't see our board game and they're gonna close up shop glorious neat i understand guys kickstarters aren't fucking you know you can't trust them all we get it but if you're transparent people get it but they raised out over a million dollars in three projects and it's gone in less than two years. In yeah. one year's time, pretty much. Yeah, but someone's uh, <clears throat> house is now paid off. Their car right. is paid off. Their girlfriend probably got a nice engagement ring. Yeah, I got a big picture of yeah. a middle finger. Yep. <laughs> someone's life is great and everybody else doesn't get anything that they bought. They're paying thousands of dollars in advertising for their, their investment sh- uh, crowdfunding uh, program uh, t- on all these different uh, horror magazines and stuff. So... Uh, if you guys see it, I mean, hey, you know what? It's your investment. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money, but it's, I am. It's Don't good. Fucking yeah, it. it's it's good to know that the three back kickstarters that uh, started have not been fulfilled yet. So you are gambling a little bit. So think about that. I'm not. I don't hate the people who did it, but I just feel like I've been lied to for a long time, and I was one of the quiet ones while everybody was upset about all these little things, and then when I saw this. Even Angry Joe from the Angry Joe show came on the Terminator board game that they did and said, this is not cool. So probably have a video about that soon. There's a lot of articles popping up about it now. So I don't know. I don't know if you're one of the backers because I know I I told you guys to back it because I was so excited about it. You led the sheep to slaughter. That's part. Yeah, I know. And that's part of why. I mean, I didn't know that that was going to happen clearly, but I feel like I have to say something so that they know because a lot of people have just been sitting there waiting. A lot of people aren't getting refunds. I have heard that if you actually dispute it with your credit card company, that you have not received a product in time they can put in a 48 hour notice to the company that they got the money from and they have to pay it back or the funds automatically get drawn out of theirs anyways and put into yours so that's That's a workaround for me i already spent the money on a card that i don't even use in a different bank so i i don't even i'd have to go back and do all kinds of shit so pretty much at this point in time it seems like unless somebody's willing to buy the company we're not going to see the game Yep. So, and it's it's not off to a good start. I think they got like five or six thousand dollars raised. <laughs> Side note. Yeah. I want my own show called the Britney Smash Show. The Britney Smash. Where I just like talk shit about stuff that makes me angry. Oh. <laughs> angry I was Joe like, show. wait, what? I want a Britney Smash show. Yeah, I was like, Britney smashes this person. You're like, you know. Kids say smash when they're talking about fucking. Oh, that's right. Because so. kids fucking ruin everything. <laughs> right. Well, hey, I'm trying to stay Thanks, cool. Thanks, Jersey you know? Shore. Hey. Fucking pieces of well, shit. My fucking computer's not working. I just punch it. You know, all the kids just love fonts. They love fonts, you they know? Font. What? I'm fucking old. I'm anyway. fucking old. <laughs> anyway. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm so confused. I think it might be that time. Oh, shit. Horse shots. All right. 
guys, so we're back. We're going to do our horror shot for this week, and we always pick one of the movies that we watch to uh, kind of do a shot or whatever we're doing this week. And so we watched The Church and The Keep, and we thought, which one did we want to do? So we thought we would do one based around the church. Although, I did grab these little guys, which kind of look like the weird creature in The Keep. Keep. Yeah. So the shot glasses, although it's not, it's just, it's just there to like, be like, I'm sorry to the keep. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, So technically we're going to be calling this a latte communion shot, which is basically one of the characters from the church who Asia Argento plays in the movie. She's like, I think she was like 12 or 13 at the time. Yeah. She uh, she actually did the uh, part of the chaplain or something, the chaplain's daughter. Sure. I don't know. But anyway, Sounds right. we figured it's a church. And what do they do at church? Well, they drink the blood of Christ. They drink the blood of Christ. In Catholic churches. Well, they've they've changed the wine into grape juice. So we figured we'd add some grape juice into this little son of a bitch. Not in the good old timey churches. You go to a good old timey church and that shit is wine. Right. Well, For everybody. For what? Like Catholic churches? It's Catholic churches. Most people don't go to Catholic church anymore. I believe anymore. it's just Catholic church that does the communion and the wine. I, we we always use grape juice, and I, I didn't want to... We did buy some, uh, and we, we use, like, legit Welch's 100% grape juice, which I was which insistent on getting. 100% sugar. Is it? Uh, probably. Um, but we also did get a spritzer from Barefoot. It's a summer red spritzer, which is essentially a champagne of wine sort of thing going on. Sounds delicious. So you're going to put a one-third of each in. And if you don't have that, try some ginger ale or... Spill it everywhere like Alex did. Yeah, whatever. It's my Uh fucking desk, Brittany. (laughs) Why don't you spill another drink? (laughs) And then the final ingredient, which everybody loves. Oh, yeah, it's the best. Let's mix that shit. You better come over here and grab this because I I can't. I'll spill it. So I'm going to take two. Yeah. In actuality, you should probably put like a half a shot of... uh, Gin in it. Oh, did we say? Oh, we're putting Tanqueray as the oh, of the. Um, I had to sip mine because it was so full, and it's really good. So it's a, it's like do a half a shot of the Tanqueray gin variety. Wow. <laughs> I think it is the only variety of Tanqueray that you can get. By the way, <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure that's all they make is gin. I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> we probably we could be wrong, but I don't. I don't fucking. There might gin, be like a so. lemon Tanqueray or some shit, but this is the regular version. I don't think gin. So about a half a shot of Tanqueray gin, then about a fourth of a shot of the spritzer, the red spritzer, or any kind of like uh, barbecue. On the if back. you have champagne, you could probably do that, or just ginger ale. Just add more Tanqueray if you got that, and then of course just a fourth of the uh, Welch's grape juice. So before we take the shot, I would like to rehearse a uh, a moment from the movie before we drink. So we'll say, I'll say it three <laughs> times, okay? What are we saying? You'll see. Oh, I'll say it three times. So if you've seen the church, you'll know what the fuck I'm talking about, guys. Say it three times. I'm going to say it three times. You don't have to because well, you may pick it up after a while, but I I'm going to do it three times. Well, you may pick it up. <laughs> You're going to pick up what I'm putting down. Latte. 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 Latte! Latte! I'll take another. That's good. For real, though. That's delicious. So sometimes we take two. That's really good. I want another one. It's that grape juice. That's why. Well, you put a lot of grape juice in it. There you go. 
Tanqueray it up. Don't be a bitch. Oh, I ain't gonna be no bitch. It's like chewing on pine needles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that's what it is. Yeah, you don't do shots of tank of gin. Period. So. Well, you can take. It's like a gulp because you're not doing like a whole shot. You're supposed to sip on it. Yeah, it's supposed to be like sipping on gin and juice. Yeah, but it's supposed to be mixed back. with something. It's not supposed to just be like gin on the rocks. Like it's supposed to be with like juice or juice tonic water. I'd definitely not be a surgeon, by the way. You're fucking like Parkinson's and I'm being out. serious. Like it's really shaky. I feel wait, now. Wait, I you let's, know what let's now? Still, I can hold this. Now I know what Doctor Strange feels like. You know, to him. I'm legitimately. Cheers. I can hold this still. <laughs> to his broken, weird fingers. Mmm, great pine needles. That one was more ginny. Was it? Yeah, I put a little extra in there because I didn't want to waste it because I'm never going to drink this shit again. Do you want it? No. No, I don't fucking want it. I don't like gin. So if you guys would like to find out how to do a latte communion, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag whore shot section. Now. Say 10 Hail Marys. Yeah. And make sure, yeah, you got to kneel when you take the shot. We probably should have done that, huh? Probably should have. <laughs> How, we did. I mean, what do you mean? We did. Well, that's it for horse shots, guys. All right, guys. So uh, this week, we're also going to be skipping the news because these two movies, as I mentioned before, are super jam-packed full of information, and it's actually quite interesting. So I uh, did a lot of research, so I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. But why don't we just go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of the church and the keep. the church but you're going to want to stick around for the church because we got a lot to say about that so pull your chairs up pull your pants down and get ready for a brand new episode (laughs) (laughs) go ahead Brittany. hope you shaved what do you mean go ahead it's your turn wait oh am i doing the keep oh yeah yeah, i forgot about that derp so the keep came out in 1983 the story is during world war ii a group of german soldiers use a keep or what they call a citadel to hold up in as a strategic location during the war. When one of the soldiers disturbs one of the many nickel-plated crosses in the keep, looking for silver, a 500-year-old demon emerges to escape, and things go from bad to funny. Or boring. <laughs> boring. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to be mean. I actually do like this movie, but uh, it is directed, and the screenplay was written by Michael Mann himself, he was one of the people that did the movie Thief back in the day. Uh, also Manhunter, Ali. He also wrote all of those and went on to make Miami Vice a thing. And he also did the movie Heat. Uh, also, the visual effects are done by Wally Vivers. Music by Tangerine Dream, believe it or not. So, oh, shit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, the cast includes a lot of people. And I'm going to go through these as fast as I possibly can. Uh, first of all, we have Scott Glenn, who plays Glaken. He was in the movie Gargoyles, Apocalypse Now, The Right Stuff, The Hunt for Red October, 
Silence of the Lambs, Backdraft, Born Ultimatum, and the TV show Daredevil, to name a few. So he is well steeped in the arts of acting. Then we also have Sir Ian McKellen, who plays Dr. Theodore Cruz. He is Gandalf from The Lord of the Rings, obviously. The Last Action Hero, The Shadow, X-Men, and about 50 bazillion other movies. Uh, Also, it stars Alberta Watson, who is Eva Cruz, his daughter, who was in the movie Hackers, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, La Femme Nikita, the TV series, Spankin' the Monkey, and the TV show 24. Also in the movie is Jürgen Prochnow, who plays Warman, who was in the movie Das Boot. That's what he in before this movie, by the way. Dune, Killing Cars, Terminus, Beverly Hills Cop 2, The Seventh Sign, I always remember him in, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, the movie, and of course, as Kane in the movie In the Mouth of Madness, plus a shit ton more, guys. Uh, I always uh, him. I always remember from The Seventh Sign and In the Mouth of Madness the most, though. Yeah. The late... Robert Prosky's in this, Father Fonescue. He is in Christine, Gremlins 2, one of my favorite roles in there where he plays Count Dracula. Uh, he was also in Death to Smoochie, Last Action Hero, Hill Street Blues for like 50-some episodes. Um, he was pretty popular there for a little while, but you would never recognize him because he's got a, a brother Hezekiah beard like under on like that. He just you just don't even recognize him. I totally recognize him. I did because of his eyes. Yeah. You know, but he's just such a he usually plays like fun roles, like happy roles. So seeing him in this was a little I don't know. Uh, also, Gabriel Byrne is in this movie. He, he plays Kempfer. The uh, guy that was in The Usual Suspects for one of the small movies, you know. Cool World, another small movie. End of Days, Point of No Return, Stigmata, Attack on Precinct 13, the remake, and Hereditary, which is coming out soon. So I can't wait to see that. Uh, Also, it stars, and I'm just going to keep going, guys. uh, Michael Carter, who plays Radu, or the big skull face creature. What do you call them? What do they call those? Uh... Gollum slash demon. Yeah. Uh, sure. He he basically was also in Star Wars Return of the Jedi as Bub Fortuna. He was the, the thing with that long trunk on the top of his head with the weird jagged teeth. Uh, also, he was an American werewolf in London. He's also done voice acting in the games Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Also, a very small bit part, but I felt like I should bring it up. Uh, Bruce Payne is in this movie from Warlock 3, Highlander, Solar Babies, Necronomicon, Full Eclipse, which we've covered on this show before. He was only like a guard, like an outdoor guard, but I just thought it would be good to bring him up. There's there's quite a few other people that are that became bigger uh, because of this movie uh, that I could name off, but I, I think we should probably stop there. <laughs> <laughs> I can seriously go on. Too many fucking Foot people. Overhead. Uh, this movie was made on a budget of $6 million, and it made about $3.5 million at the box office. It was a disaster and a <laughs> flop. Uh, it's got about a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes, but honestly, it's gained a pretty big cult following. Uh, and there's a fuck ton of history on this that we'll get into shortly. But first, Brittany. What? What did you think of this movie? Movie. 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 <laughs> M-O-O-N, that's me. <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, it's not a mystery that there is a lot to unpack in this film. Right. If you're looking for a straightforward, easily understood story that crosses its T's and dots its I's, you're not going to find that here. 
You're just not. Instead, you're going to discover a unique realization of a story that's been told often, which is that of conflict between ultimate good and ultimate evil. Um, Albeit in overly symbolic context. Yeah. (laughs) Visually, there are plenty of dreamy images that do spontaneously, spontaneously pop up. And while the pace is very slow, the eerie setting holds up tightly and does have a huge impact in the overall feel of the film. Right. So if you let go and stop looking for flaws or reason, you're going to leave this experience satisfied in some possible way. Yeah, once you've been knocked out by all the flaws, then you're good to go. You're good to go, (laughs) pretty much. Um, And last but not least, be prepared for a massive vape cloud of justice, as my husband so lovingly refers to it as. (laughs) (laughs) It's pot smoke, bro. Yeah. Close enough. He's high as fuck. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was just, it was a lot. Uh, so does that one, that's your thing? That's my thought. So, so does that mean that you, my poignant, beautifully worded thoughts? Yeah. What about, so what is your just like overall quick poignant thing? Like, what do you think? Do you like, did you, did you like it or not? No. Okay. There we go. Not really. I mean. So there it is, guys. That's it for the episode. I want to thank you guys for coming. Uh, no, Bye. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, some of the visuals saved it for me to make it a little bit more interesting, but overall I Palatable. Just don't care about it. Not that I don't care. I just. It was too much. Well, let me uh, let me kind of tell you and start this off by saying uh, that this movie is definitely not going to be for everyone. No. Uh, I've fallen asleep on it numerous times watching it before, and I don't know why that is. It's not that it's, like, horrendous or anything. I've seen far worse movies. Right. Uh, but there is just something about it that sticks with me, so I kind of like it. You know, uh, it's weird. Uh, has like, and I felt like this even before I did the research on this, by the way, I felt like it was very dreamlike. Uh, it is. Because everything's kind of hazy and just doesn't make sense. Um, which apparently from the research that I have done on this movie, uh, it explains a fuck ton. Um, but first off, Nazis and mystical, weird, supernatural shit is always going to be interesting. <laughs> Like, I don't know what it is about the combo there. Uh, Not exactly the Nazi part so much, but uh, the fact that there is some extremely crazy motherfucker in history who not only did what he did, this scum fuck, uh, but also... Hitler. Yeah. Hitler did some fucking crazy (laughs) shit. He was able to convince people something so insane, and to top it all off, he was such a fucking nutbag that he scoured the world for supernatural edge like stuff all over the place. I think it could be part in part because of like some sort of like mind tactic to control people by scaring them into submission. Right. Um, but it, it doesn't really relate to the story too, too much anyway. So, but it still crosses the two of supernatural and Nazis, which is always kind of interesting. Uh, the movie has been called more of a fairy tale than it is a actual horror movie. Which, listening to Tangerine Dream in this is hard not to make the comparison. So even if it's in cut up and like indiscernible, like I think that's probably the most redeeming thing about this movie is a few like really pretty shots, a lot of really creative shots, I think. Uh, It's been cut to fuck. Uh, They lopped off about two hours worth of footage, guys. So uh, if you've seen this movie and didn't really understand it but are still intrigued by it, that might make sense as to why it doesn't make sense. But also, there's more about it later that I'll tell you that it was never supposed to make sense to begin with. It is weird and confusing. Michael Mann has called it a dream-like movie uh, where it doesn't necessarily make sense in a dream, so it won't hear either in its full form or its short form. 
Uh, some of the gore is pretty cool, and at times it, it's so, it kind of reminds me of the movie Prison, if you've ever seen that movie, which is another weird horror flick, uh, especially with this like opening wall of light thing going on. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of interesting and ominous. Uh, it's uh, pretty much impossible to really understand what the fuck is going on almost for anyone. So it's it's understandable that someone some don't like it. And I, it's also f kind of fascinating in the same respect because people want answers about it like they don't understand it. Uh, the creature is fucking crazy. Like I've never seen anything like this in a movie in such a serious role with so many fucking actors like this. Uh, it's like something out of Mortal Kombat or some shit. Yeah, like, it reminds me of a video game character. Right. It just seems like so out of place. But it's like, like first form is the best form, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I'd say some of the visuals are genuinely appealing for that reason alone, mm -hmm. that specific scene. Yep. Uh, the music is really great, although it's up in the air whether or not you actually listen to Tangerine Dream or not, because there's so many different versions out there. Uh, and we'll get into that more. But I think it's a little bit slow for most people to watch in the first place. And, uh, it, you know, I wouldn't eat a full meal before watching this. This is like one of those movies you watch when like Sunday when you wake up. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish I would have watched this first. Right. Yeah. I, I watched it. I think. Oh, no, no. I did watch it first. Actually. I didn't. Yeah. But I watched it late at night. And it was not a good combination. So I had to go take it back 45 minutes because I fucking nodded off a couple of times. I've been there. Uh, and, and I don't like doing that with any movie. So it kind of upset me that I did. Yeah, but... I was amazed that this happened to you this time around because I, right. like, I thought it was going to be me. Well, I ate that we My ate. Ass stayed awake. <laughs> we ate fucking Chipotle, and Ugh. I fucking macked on that shit like a fucking, like a fucking, <laughs> fucking starving kid. <laughs> like I was just like, mom, 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 and then I sat down and I've laid. Never eaten before in my life. But I just like I don't know. It just kind of fucked with me. Yeah. So it's Chipotle. Uh, it was heavy. Gross. It was really heavy on me, and I ate like uh, a bunch of steak. So my body was like, shut down. <laughs> But I don't know, man. Guys, like if you haven't seen The Keep and you like, I mean, uh, Nazi kind of stuff, it might be worth a watch because I think that there is some really odd shit in this movie. But there's some things about this movie that the director wanted to kind of uh, get across and just think of like movies like Nosferatu, which was like German sort of style fucking horror movie. So he really just wanted to push that angle of it. So it's not going to be for everybody. It's weird enough for people to sit through it, though. Yeah. And I think it's worth a watch, um, especially when you find out that there was three and a half hours for the whole movie. This was like his magnum opus on a six million dollar budget. Yeah. Um, but anyway, where did that money go? I don't know, man. It's it's weird. For the two though. hours that were cut from the film. Yeah, two hours, man. And there were so many problems. I can get into the trivia right now if you want me to. Do it. It's pretty interesting, really guys. Loud. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so the keep is actually a horror novel by American writer F. Paul Wilson. It's also the first volume in the series of uh, six novels known as the Adversary Cycle. Uh, so if you're interested in reading the original book, I hear it's actually really good. Um, the writer who actually wrote it, F. Paul Wilson, was pretty upset about the adaptation of the movie. And he wrote another story basically on about this whole situation where the movie is called or the book was called Cuts, where a writer puts a voodoo curse on a director for fucking up his story. Neat. So he was not happy. <laughs> but to be fair... As I mentioned before, the original cut of this movie was three and a half hours long, so 
there was a lot of scenes cut and Michael Mann was has pretty much since abandoned this and and called it a bastard child that he just doesn't want anything to do with. He's like disowned it. I think it would be great to see the rest of this footage. And there have been people online for years trying to get to see it because it's not lost footage. It's just up to Paramount Pictures and also Michael Mann to decide whether or not they put it out. Uh, but there are a few scenes that you can watch, like some of the original endings that I found on YouTube and stuff that I watched all the way to the end. Um, and I would I will talk about that a little bit more in our spoilers section because I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But um, apparently a few TV stations elsewhere had some of the original footage from it and it edited it for TV. So they actually had more footage than the regular movie, which is weird. I don't know why. But it, it went way over budget. In fact, uh, Michael Mann was like pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. They shot 13 long weeks. It got extended to 22 weeks because of reshoots because Michael Mann wanted it to be perfect. He is fucking crazy. Right? And then they had alternate endings that they were trying to work with to have the best ending possible. And they were going to test market it. And, uh, but it never saw the light of day. None of that stuff did. Uh, especially since a lot of the visual effects who were done by Wally Veavers uh, apparently died during post-production of the movie, which was about two weeks into post. Oh, wow. So he was going to do all the effects on the end scene, and nobody knew what he was planning to do for the film. So they, they literally, Michael Mann and like a few other people, tried to help mishmash together some sort of idea. Yikes. And that's why the end of the movie is shit. It is shit. It's really it's shit. Pure shit. Um, but they also cut two hours off of it, so it, it was just a nightmare uh, in the making, pretty much. And it is kind of a nightmare on film too. Like <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. I know the end. I, the end was the most frustrating part to me. Like, Don't express I, what it is. But no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just gonna say the end is the most frustrating part to me because it's just like what? What the fuck was that? Like, what kind of payoff is this? Nothing is explained. Still. And then it's just done, and then it seems like it never happened. Right. Like, I, don't I don't get it. Like, it, uh, well, bah. well, that's probably why they had Tangerine Dream do it. Fucking probably. Because they wanted that that fairy tale music. Because then they do Legend well, as well. What, this felt more. This felt more um, like fantasy, sci-fi to well, me. Right. But they wanted else. it to be German expressionism, like I mentioned. Yeah. Which so makes sense. He wanted to show that it was like a dream in the movie. So, like, almost, like, kind of reminded me of Legend in some of the scenes. Well, I mean, and that's how, what I took away from it, because that's what, exactly what I said to Mouse at the end. I was like, so was that all a dream? Right, right. Because it feels like it, because everything's normal. Right, so, it is weird. what the fuck? I don't know. Um, weird. Just yeah. Weird. Uh, Not good weird. Well, I mean, he even said, even on his three and a half hour cut, that he wanted the viewer to not really understand what happened. That he wanted it to be like a dream. I don't know what kind of drugs he was on. That's like almost Titanic length. Right. Titanic is worth the four hours that you spend on it. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I'd have to agree. Fuck. I don't know. Crazy. I mean, well, first of all, we haven't seen the three and a half hours, so we can't say. Maybe this it's is like true. it could be the like the you, game changer. You know what I mean? I doubt it. But the yeah, two hours right. of extra footage. <laughs> I watched some of the extra stuff on YouTube, and I'll try to get a link for it. I saved it in my um, watch later, so um, uh, I can like put that link up for you guys that have watched it so you can kind of see what the the ending is and you too. So, um, Me too. But uh, funny little side note, 
The actual book, the novel that was written by F. Paul Wilson, there was a character in the in the book, obviously called Glaken. He was the weird, uh, I don't know, otherworldly alien guy, I guess. Uh, yeah, what uh, was that? Well, anyway, the original character from the book called himself Glenn, and Scott Glenn played him in the movie. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting. As we mentioned, uh, well, actually, uh, the special effects for the creature were made by Nick Maley, was helped by Nick Alder, who had previously worked on Alien and The Empire Strikes Back. So they had some talent in there. And I mean, that full body suit was kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, The first form, for sure. It kind of felt weird, though. Second form was kind of like, man. Then third, I was not impressed. You're like, what the hell is this? I was like, this is stupid. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. He just looks like a weird science fictiony like boss in a video game. Looks like an alien. Yeah, he does. He looks like an alien. Like a weird top heavy. A weird silver alien. Silvery black alien. Huge fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger looking. Like his neck looked like it was the most, like he had worked that motherfucking neck out. Yeah, he reminds me of the character, the silver dude from Deadpool. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. A little, well, more than that. He had a bigger neck than that guy. Yeah, but that's who he reminded yeah, me. Yeah, I see what you mean. Which, yeah. I mean, I know that's from something else, and I don't do that comic stuff, Marvel, DC. And I'm not a gigantic fan. I'm not a big nerd about it, so I'm sorry. I try no, 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 I just no. remember the silver uh, well, guy never... from Deadpool is what he reminded me of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. Now you got me. Colossus. Yeah. Colossus. Yeah. And I met that fucking dude that voiced him at Mad Monster. So you feel like I feel like I should actually know the character. Why the name, fuck did you do this? That guy was so dope. <laughs> he was like one of my favorite people from Mad Monster. He was so nice. But needless to say, guys, you're not going to want to Spock check him on the neck because <laughs> your shit's going to break and it's going to fucking shatter into a billion pieces. You're not going to want to Spock check him. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I want to spot check everyone forever. <laughs> the rest of I my mean, life. that might be an old it's thing. It's just like this. This is how you do it. No, he just, he just karate chopped him in the but neck. He spock checked him, so you gotta do the spock hand. Am I doing it? I don't think he did the shocker to him. But that's the spot. Am I doing the spock Dude, hand? This is the. Oh no, I'm not. Oh my god. This is why alcohol oh is god, stupid. Brittany. Fuck you. <laughs> I was doing the shocker the whole time, you guys. <laughs> That's she watches too many fucking porn parodies. I do, I do porn indeed. trick. She's watching porn, porn trick over here, and they did the shocker. Star fuckers. It, and by the way, much. if nobody in the porn industry has done the shocker for a Star Trek parody show, oh, they have. They fucking owe us money if they, they do. Absolutely have. That's all right. Anywho, idea. have I, they yeah, really? Have they? I, I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah, they they have. Um. Sorry about that. Anyway. Dude, I'm like looking at you like, are you I'm like, joking? I'm doing it, right? Like, I'm not like, at I, all. I genuinely thought you were making a joke. And like, no, and I, was, I, I was dead serious. <laughs> like, this is what happens when I drink a lot of alcohol. Speaking of that, make me another shot because that shit's good. <laughs> we're all loopy up <laughs> Fuck <this>. you guys. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. Uh, dude, cause... I cannot believe you were doing that. Uh, I'm going to Spock check people like this. <laughs> You're going to break your pinky, dude. Like, well, fucking snap it, up. it off. We'll do it this way. There you go. What, that looks really dark, whatever you're doing right there. Are you jerking off a horse? What is this? Ew. <laughs> Horses' dicks are like this. Okay, Alex, are you like, fingering a sheep? I don't know what's fist, going on. Like, my tiny little hands can't even fit around a horse cock. I have baby hands. <laughs> All right, well, are you fingering a female sheep? 
Yes. <laughs> you, if, you, if you looked at her fucking hands, people. I mean, Don't uh, make fun of my little Vienna sausage fingers. I am Leave literally, alone. <laughs> I am, I am literally shocked. Fuck you. At this appalling gesture that you're making over here. <laughs> <laughs> my poor sad little fingers all out of this. Uh, all right, back to the back to the <laughs> trivia. Here we go, folks. We're back on track. Uh, <laughs> As I mentioned uh, about Tangerine Dream, they did uh, this movie with Michael Mann. Stop jerking the sheep off, Brittany. I can't now. It's just like... (laughs) Stop fingering the sheep. Uh, (sighs) But Tangerine Dream did this music for Michael Mann in this movie, but this isn't the only film that they did for Michael Mann. As a matter of fact, they did the movie The Thief, or just Thief, from 1981 with them before uh, The Keep. And both The Keep and Thief are actually considered some of the top synth scores in movies. It was a good score. Like, I will give it that. Part of the reason that I even looked this up uh, was because I was actually just, like, looking for music to to stream when I do my game streaming. And they used The Keep and, like, all these other uh, movies. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is in here. And I was like, oh, and Thief. Oh, so it was interesting. I don't know. I think it's cool. You're interesting. Yeah, fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck you. I was being nice. Uh, uh, Take but it all back. Due to the rights issues with the music, though, guys, the version of the film that is currently available on streaming media sites, so the one, i.e., the ones that we saw, does not have the full uh, versions of the songs, and they might have even added in. I don't know if that's 100% sure, because a lot of it really did sound like Tangerine Dream to me, and it's pretty signature sound, so you know when you hear Tangerine Dream, but... I don't know now, but they're saying this is what I've read about that the the ones on the streaming media sites contains a different score than its original release. Uh, there is a limited run of about 150 original soundtrack CDs that were sold at a concert by the group of Tangerine Dream in the UK in 1997. Supposedly, the full version that you can watch and can only be found on VHS and the Laserdisc versions, but we did just get in 2017 of March, March of 2017, they did re-release the fucking The Keep on DVD. So I'm assuming that's the one we watch because this might be old info. Yeah. But also, did you know that they actually made a board game based off this movie? Why? <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know. <laughs> Why? They just lock people in rooms, and it's I like, mean, if Here. I got, like, shithoused, I'd probably play it, but... Yeah. You gotta try to collect 108 fucking crosses oh, or whatever. My life. <laughs> like, Monopoly, it never ends. I, like, I wonder... I didn't get to look into, like, how the game is played, but I, I bet you it was, like, you had to go in there and collect all this, the, the 108 probably. fucking crosses. Probably. And if you got out of there with the crosses, then you were good to go or something like that. I don't know. No. But there is... By the way, guys, a documentary that has been made uh, that's been trying to come out for years now called A World War II Fairy Tale, The Making of Michael Mann's The Keep, that is supposed to be coming out soon. I actually did some research on it. This was an Indiegogo-funded project that uh, never reached its full amount, uh, but they were able to collect some money outside of Indiegogo and actually get the money to make the, the documentary anyway. So I checked on Facebook where they seem to be the most active uh, for an update. And they had the latest update was like April 11th of this year. And it was to let people get their crowdfunded copy from the higher tier leveled people. 
So I, I don't know what that's all about. Apparently, it fell short of the goal, but like I said, they were able to give outside help, but they haven't posted since, so I don't know if it's out in the wild yet or not, but I'd really like to see it, so I might actually hit them up and see if they have a copy that I can watch somewhere or at least talk about it later for you guys. But it was yeah, it was supposed to come out in like like they raised money for it. I think in either 2014 or 2015, and they didn't hit the goal. And then it took three years for it to try to come out. Fun. Three and a half. So it's a good time had by all. Right. So I don't know. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard of that? So now, guys, we're probably going to move on to any spoilers unless Brittany has some other trivia. Nope. Okay. We're going to go over our favorite scenes, so obviously that means we're going to be talking about some spoilers. So Earmuffs! You might want to earmuffs for the next five, ten minutes. and uh, Does that work? Check back. So what are some of your favorite scenes, Brittany? My first favorite scene is, so this is after the Nazi, first group of Nazis set up shop, essentially. Well, they're not Nazis. I think they're just German soldiers. These German soldiers that may or may not be Nazis. Well, they're not dressed in black and wearing all the swastikas Yeah, they're not all, like, well-dressed. Right. (laughs) They're wearing green. I was confused. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in this movie. Anyway, this is the first group of German soldiers that settles into this keep, right? And they're... The one soldier figures out that one of the crosses or T-shaped things is it made of silver not nickel which is what they're being told it's made out of so they are trying to steal it essentially and then all of a sudden like this i don't even know i can't even like break down specifically what happens it's just like the guy gets like ripped in half at some point well there's this large auditorium room sort of with all these crosses that are like they're not even like full crosses guys like there's just a little nub on the top where the top part of the cross would be and then the arms, and then the legs. Yeah, like little T's. <clears throat> but it's got like a little bump on top, but they're all over the walls like every like 10 feet. It's hard to describe without actually watching it, but they these two soldiers literally just get like ripped apart, and it's fantastic. Well, no, just the one. Well, the one gets ripped in half, like for sure. Right, sure. yeah. But they, they both turn into like bone and ash. What they do is they, they, they dig out the, the arms of the cross then wrap their fucking belts around it to pull it out because there's apparently this block that they can move and they pull it out and then they look behind it and they're like, oh shit, another one. And they go inside the hole, try to pull the other one out and it goes down into a huge pit, right? Underneath this base into this cave and the guy almost falls and he's got him hooked to his belt and they're like kind of like trying to hold him back. And then all of a sudden, this thing comes wisping up and burns him in half. Yeah. And then he drags the body back, and he knows that it's, like, not as heavy as it was before. And then you put, see him, and he's, like, just, like, half of his body's charred and missing. Yeah, it's basically just, like, dick and legs. Yeah. And it's like it's like his midsection all the way down that, that, that you can cool. see. It was it cool. It was cool. It was super just, like, ash and... Oh, they does kill the other guy, though. It does though. kill the other guy. It they doesn't tear die. him in part, though. It slams him into the wall, and he shatters like Neck a fucking... First. Yeah. Her head first into the wall. It slams That's him into the wall, cool. and he just, like, shatters into bone yeah. fragments. And I'm just like, oh, that was neat. <laughs> like, how did he get all bony and ashy in that time frame? But I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, whatever. It was cool. Like, I was I was into it. I was like, fuck yeah, finally, something's <laughs> happening. Because <laughs> like, I was so bored. <laughs> I like that. That's probably one of my favorite parts of that the entire is, movie. That's your first initial, like... Holy shit. 
it's about to get crazy, and then it doesn't for there's, like another forty minutes. There's another part in the movie that I really liked um, that was really cool too. Um, and I have to preface this with something. It wasn't like the highlight of the movie or anything, but or my favorite scene, so to speak. But I have to preface it because one of the girls they they realize like these other Nazis show up, like the the real Nazis show up, and they're because there's German soldiers and then the Nazis who are of the first Reich, I'm assuming. And they're like there to keep things in order. Meanwhile, the regular German soldiers are the good guys kind of, and, uh, they if find there are good guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like uh, in this whole story or whatever, but right. he's like a humanitarian or yeah, whatever. Yeah. He is the good guy. Yeah. It's your Jurgen that the character that Jurgen plays, which is, uh, Warman. He's like the leader of the German, uh, military, and then this other Gabriel Byrne character shows up, uh, Kampfer, uh, and then they kind of have an outs with each other because they want to leave and they won't let them leave because they know something supernatural fucking going on. But anyway, so these German or the uh, Nazi soldiers try to rape one of the girls. They have two people in a Nazi camp and then a fucking concentration, concentration camp. One of them grew up in this area where the keep is, which is happens to be in Romania. Right? Yeah. yeah, he's and, a Jewish archaeologist. So they're trying to rape this girl walking through the hallways of this keep, right? Which is all black rock, like slate rock. And her father is like a fucking anthropologist, and he knows like the language because there's some writing on the walls after these guys die. And they're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on because they think some of the villagers have killed him. So... Yeah, it's this. It, the language has been dead for five hundred years, right? And this guy that they rescue, Ian McKellen's character, is the only person that knows how to read it. Right? And he's in a concentration camp with his daughter, and he's like seventy and years he's dying. old. Yeah, yeah, and he's dying of some sort of skin disease or something some like ship, that. Some fucking weird. But but while she's getting like attempted rape, these guys are like holding her down and like standing up while they're doing it, which is kind of weird. Um, they fucking. This cloud of smoke comes out of nowhere with red eyes and a red mouth. The vape cloud of justice. Yes. And it is literally pops its head and proceeds to carry her in reverse smoke that's like going in the body. So they just reverse the footage of him walking backwards. But it's so cool. It is cool. It's really cool. It's like the smoke is going into his body as he's walking forward. So they just recorded everything backwards, but it's fucking awesome. And I don't know how they did it, because if you're walking backwards, wouldn't the smoke go in front of you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how did they do this? How did they do this? It's cool, know. though. It's a really cool effect. It's it a, is cool. It's a practical camera trick that works, and it looked really phenomenal. Like you said, it was one of the best first forms of the creature or the yes. demon or golem or whatever you want to call it. The next best one was the whole like musculoskeletal. Right. Form. It went from to better to worse. Yeah. It went from good to very bad. Yeah, he didn't smoke anymore. Like no. he, he didn't have a smoking jacket on in the second form. Vape cloud of justice yeah. disappeared. <laughs> and he just became skin bones justice and then just stupid justice. <laughs> what about any other scenes for you? The next one I I liked was not towards it was towards the end. Okay. So, um, and but I can't like so if it's the end, don't say it. It's not the end. End. Nothing <clears> in the <throat> end was my favorite, but it's like okay. the last one of the last big hurrahs. Like once he's reached like this final this the demon whatever that's lied to try and get his way out 
from being held inside this uh, keep. Ah, yeah. Um, he, I don't even remember how this lines up. So I'm I gonna, can tell I'm you. I know what you're talking about. Okay, but yeah, the whole scene where he takes out all the fucking Nazis, which is just glorious. Yeah, that's a good. That's... Like you don't see when it happens, but like the aftermath is really fucking cool. Right. They were supposed to show it all happen. Is that what got cut? Yeah, a lot of that. Because that would have been cool. Because they didn't know how they were going to do it. Well, yeah. It was, it was probably akin to something like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, but basically what you end up with is this beautiful battlefield of ash and dust and bone. Charred bodies. Just bone. And like pieces, or people are in pieces. And you see some just skeletal faces that are left on full bodies pieces of people or just yeah and it, it was just me. it was gorgeous like in the the color scheme that they used for that scene is just yeah. spot on and it's it's dark and gloomy and gross and the music's intense super macabre the music's really meten- really intense and it was it worked really well and right. i was like well god damn like okay this is the climactic moment I've been fucking waiting for, and then it went to another 30 minutes of bullshit after that. So right. I was like, God, fuck my life. Like, just end it on that note. That was cool. And then they got to go do some more stupid shit, but um, That of, was visually just fucking stunning. One of the other parts that I liked was just a little minor part, but, like, this Glaken guy who's this, like, fucking alien, I'm assuming, who's, like, here to protect the planet from this evil, essentially. Yeah. Like you he's not re- explained. It does not explain it at all, but you kind of get the gist that he's not from here because, one, he has purple fucking eyes, guys. Like, there's something weird about that, and it's not celestial at all. Unless he was an angel? Like, was he an uh, angel? Maybe more of an angel, yeah. It kind of feels like it. But but it seemed like it was, like, otherworldly. Like, it wasn't, like, from another existence. Or... I feel like the intention is for him to be an angel because that feels like it works better with the story. But do angels fuck? But I thought they had no parts. Felt so alien. They had no scrum diddly ums. Scrum diddly ums. No flip flaps or no jam jams. No flippity jam jams. No jam jams. Um, but it felt so alien-esque to me. Like every everything with him in it. And right. like the movie felt so alien-esque Well, he gets shot me. and bleeds green. Well, yeah, and but he, yeah, that too. But even the the main demon esque like monster that's being held within the walls of this keep feels alien. Right. He doesn't feel like a demon to me, but I feel like if he wasn't, if the other character was an angel, that fits more to the story of what they're trying to tell. But it goes very alien very quickly. Yeah, and for those, but that they are, don't explain any of this. Yeah, and at for all. those of the viewer that are listening now, this is the spoiler area, so I'm just going to explain it. These Nazis go to this fucking keep area, which is just like a big hall of stuff where you would store stuff. There's no real... There's a couple of rooms that they set up beds in that were not meant for beds. It's just this weird, ominous place that nobody knows why people are caretaking it and like like taking care of the place, which I don't know how you take care of a place like that in the first place. What are you going to dust? Like the fucking slate rock? <laughs> what like, are you going to dust? Yeah, like, like what the fuck? Let's why, be real here. Why, yeah, why? And like they ask him in the beginning, they're like, why are you the caretaker? Who's your boss? He's like, my father and his father before him and his father before him for hundreds of years have taken care of this place. Nobody owns it. It is just part of the world. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- squeeze me. And so Boy. then they, they, they're like, you know, it's weird. This keep doesn't seem like it's supposed to keep anything, but rather keep something in. in. But they don't really say that. They cut that part out in some of the other ones. So I don't, I don't know. I'm confused what I saw now. They insinuate that in the I'm movie. I'm confused by this entire movie. But anyway, short, long story short, they open that hole in the wall. 
the two uh, German soldiers get killed and mutilated, and some evil escapes out of it and starts infecting the town essentially. Um, and like they, the the demon that presents himself and tries to save the anthropologist's uh, daughter, uh, Eva Cruz. Uh, who almost gets raped, or sort of does. I don't know if she really did, but whatever. She didn't. Uh, he saves her and brings her to her father, and then her his father's, like, scared out of his mind, and uh, he knows that it's nice somehow, so he's kind of, um, kind of fooled by this demon a little bit. And they're from a Nazi camp, and, and they were told that if they have to go back, they'll be fucking murdered, and there's no escape. And so they're just kind of, like, biding their time at this place, and this thing's gaining forms and killing more people. And then um, it tricks the anthropologist, Mr. Uh, Theodore Cruz. <clears throat> it tricks him into saying, hey, I'll kill all these Nazis at the concentration camps and save all your people if you let me out by getting this key for me. And you find out that the key isn't really to let him out, but to keep him there because he's so evil that he'll destroy the world. And so then Gaelic comes in to try to save everybody, gets killed, and then comes back to life, doesn't really die. It's confusing. I don't know. Climbs up a giant mountain. Yeah. Have you guys... Oh, oh, and and to tell you what the ending is, so you know the part at the very end, guys, and this is spoilerific, guys. Uh, Not really because the ending sucks, but she kind of escapes with her father, who was old but got turned old or yeah. got turned young and then got turned old again because he defied the demon uh and didn't want to kill his own daughter so he turns him old again and she has to carry him out and then Gaelic goes in to fight the demon but they don't show any of that really it's kind of um but supposedly he goes in and tries to get out and it sucks him back in into the hole where those guys pulled the thing out, sucks him into the cavern. She goes back in to save him in the bottom of the ca- of the cave and then walks through and finds him, and now he's human. And so she just embraces him. And then they, apparently there's some still footage where they show them on a boat together leaving. What? I don't know. Going back to Greece? I don't, I don't know. But guys, have you seen this movie? Do you understand this movie? Do you want to see this movie? Explain it to us if you do. Yeah, I mean... It, like we said, two hours are cut off this movie. I hope it sees the light of day. I would be very interested in seeing it. I'm also very interested in seeing World War, a World War II fairy tale. Uh, I would love to see the documentary of the making of this movie because it's obviously got some pretty interesting uh, history to it. And uh, Michael Mann was on a lot of drugs. Uh, yes. Actually, I, I can't confirm that. I'm just making that up. But That's my guess. <laughs> Uh, he's a, a severely inter- intelligent guy who's made a lot of really great movies since. But I, I just want to know what he was on to make this. So. Yeah, me too. But uh, we got we got another movie that we're going to be talking about called The Church. Yeah. Brittany, take it away! So, this movie is called The Church, which was released in 1989. Quick little synopsis of this film is an old gothic cathedral built over a mass grave develops strange powers which trap a number of people inside with ghosts from a 12th century massacre seeking to resurrect an ancient demon from the bowels of the earth. Sounds familiar. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it does, actually. Um, this was directed by Michelle Sovi. Anyway, so this is going to be a big fuck you to Alex for making me say Italian people's names. Hey, you picked it. I did pick it. And then afterwards, <laughs> I was like, fuck me. I like, I, why I, do I do this every time? While I was doing the notes, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, she's doing this one. And then I was like, ha, ha. 
I was like, she fucking picked this one. It's so weird. Yeah, like, why up. would she pick this one of I all the like movies? This movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle Solvi, who did Cemetery Man, which we did an episode on, which right? was excellent, by right. the way. Uh, the Sect and Blood of the Losers, mm-hmm. and a metric fuck ton of other films. Stage fright. Yes, your face. That is a great movie. You're a great movie. It's a Giallo, which, by the way, Mark Doubt's going to be doing a (gasps) shit ton of Giallo stuff this week, or this next week. Excellent. Or actually this week. Yeah, it's this week. Good. Good for him. (laughs) That's awesome. It's actually really good. He's really good at that stuff. Um, This had a number of writers behind it, but I'm going to mention two specifically. It was written by Dario Argento, story and screenplay, who is most well known for Suspiria, Demons 1 and 2. Production-wise. Yeah, Inferno, and a bunch of other shit. So if you don't know who Dario Argento is, then why do you listen to us? <laughs> um, and also Franco Farini, who did this screenplay as well. He's known for Two Evil Eyes, Trauma, and Rings of Fear, and a bunch of other things as well. So it stars Hugh Corshi, who plays Father Gus, known for Nightbreed, Ghosted, and most recently, Red Sparrow. It also stars Tomas Arana, who plays Evan from The Sect, the Bodyguard, Body Puzzle, and Chimera. And the amazing... And the amazing <laughs> Theodore... Chalapin? Chalapin Jr., who plays... Chalapin. Chalapin Jr., who plays the bishop, known as from The Executioner of Venice, The Inner Circle, and Transplant. Yeah, I think he was in uh, one of the other um, famous Argento movies, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm sure you're right. Okay. It also stars Barbara Kupisti who plays Lisa from The New York Ripper, The Hell's Gate, and she was also in Cemetery Man. Booyah. Last but not least that I'm going to mention is Asia Argento, who plays Lotte. Lotte. Which, of course, is Dario Argento's daughter, his, one of his two children. She was in the 1998 version of The Phantom of the Opera, Triple X, and Land of the Dead. And also in Demons well, 2. Yeah. She was the little girl that was trapped in the car in the garage when they tried to get out and her father got eaten in front of her and she was crying in the window. A lot of people, by the way, I just want to mention this real quick. A lot of people think that that was like really ruined her, but she wasn't scared of stuff like that. She never was. Well, yeah. Right. And so I'm saying I'm like, but he would never even let her on her set. So that's crazy to me. Yeah. She, she just like naturally had had kids. Like my kids would be with me all the time. Cause I'm like, you're just going to be naturally exposed to shit like this. You're not a giant. Would you just got to teach him that way? You know what I mean? You got to be like, this is not real. Don't worry. Exactly. Anywho, surprisingly, this budget actually surprisingly to me, because I felt like it was a higher budget than what it had, but it was a $3,500 million estimated budget. For this film, and it was released in on March tenth, nineteen eighty nine, in Italy, um, and had quite a bit of a wide release in other countries as well. Yeah, which it's, we'll get it's into sprinkled later. in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Alex. Yes, Brittany. I don't care what your thoughts are, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Oh, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. What were your thoughts on this movie, Alex? <laughs> well, I, I really... I'm really intrigued. <laughs> honestly, I really feel like this movie is highly underappreciated. Agreed. Uh, it could be that some of the people that classified this movie as Demons 3, because kind of technically it was, but it isn't. We'll get into that, too. And it's so <laughs> it's so vastly different from the first two Demon movies. Uh, the second one, which Lombardo uh, Bava did, who was Mario Bava. Baba's son um, actually directed, but turned down the third one. So somehow this sort of turned into 
a Demons 3 sort of thing, but it doesn't follow any of the same rules that the first two Demon movies does. So uh, I think it's got some very genuinely creepy parts in it. Lots of weird, like, iconography, the devil and Satan, you know, sort of tropes and things like that with, like, kind of a pretty kick-ass soundtrack that it was comprised of both Keith Emerson from Emerson Lake and Palmer, uh, and also Goblin did music in this, as well as Philip Glass, who had done some work in the industry as well. Uh, but so you sort of know what to expect when you hear that. First of all, uh, synth wave everything. You know what I mean? Um, that mixed with the visuals that they have in this movie and some of the amazing camera shots that they set up and like different techniques that they used worked really well. Michelle Sovey doesn't. I think this is probably one of the better films that he's done uh, other than like Cemetery Man, you know, which is probably his masterpiece. Uh, but I really think this is worth uh, a view. If you if you enjoy Cemetery Man, it's not a humorous approach like that movie was where it's kind of like uh, yeah, this is more serious. It's way more serious, but it is so unique in the whole like church demons like it's kind of sticks to like a real like what you would expect satan and demons and shit like that to be almost like a rosemary's baby approach to it but within a church and a little bit different Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think it has a lot of really amazing practical effects and makeup and shit in this movie. They have like a full bodysuit fucking goat in this fucking movie that's killer. Uh, Dude, it's like the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, it really is that cool. It is cool. Um, A lot of people have said that this movie is a little too slow, and I can understand where they're coming from, especially if they're trying to compare it to something like Demons or Demons 2, which makes total perfect fucking sense, but I personally think the pacing, the music, and everything work really well together. Uh, it's it's not a movie that you watch while you're on the phone, guys. So you're gonna want to try to like dim the lights, Pay like sit down and fucking like really lock yourself into it. Um, I've watched this movie so many fucking times, and I partially watched it because I had heard people comparing it to Demons and all that, and saying it was the third one unofficially. Um, but I don't know. I, I if you try to go into it with a different perspective than something like Demons one or two, which is very physical almost like aliens in the in the second one as well uh i think that you'll you'll be into it a little bit more because it's more of like a psychological thing um but it's also not like it shows everything that you psychologically see so it doesn't like withhold any punches it's got some genuinely weird moments that make you uncomfortable um yeah and and it gets really better each time i watch this film like i have a better appreciation for it every time i've watched it and i it's in my yearly rotation of my must watch every year so you know if that helps you to figure out how much i appreciate this movie but what about you um i actually really enjoyed this movie for a number of reasons um but my how i'm going to kind of break down my thoughts about this film it's going to also include more detail about what happens in it not any spoilers okay but just kind of give you guys like a little bit of a backstory and go more into depth about the the actual premise of what you're going to watch if you haven't watched it yet or what you watched if you've already seen it okay um if you're a fan of italian horror particularly in the 80s variety you already know what you're going to expect from the church. Um, there's some semblance of a plot, and although it isn't all that in-depth, does it really even fucking matter? I think it's a little in-depth, though. Eh. I think it is. It gets to it in some points, you know? But, I mean, if honestly, if you're just looking for an excuse for demon-like creatures, breathe fucking easy because you found it Yeah. in this fucking film. 
Like, in the beginning, we're introduced to this backstory, which involves a band of Teutonic knights in medieval Germany. Right. That massacre a village of supposed devil worshippers and bury their bodies underground. They build a Gothic cathedral over the mass grave as a means to contain the quote-unquote demonic evil right. within it. Right. So, cut to modern day. The church is welcoming in this new librarian who's there to catalog the huge library of books that are being held within this church. However, at the same time, there's construction taking place. Restoration. Restoration. Or whatever, yeah. And they uncover this crypt that's beneath the entire building. So this crypt, which is, which of course the inquisitive librarian opens because otherwise he wouldn't have a fucking movie. He ends up unleashing hell quite literally. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity. So curiosity killed the cat, folks. The film very quickly becomes a claustrophobic clusterfuck of epic proportions as the church's only door in or out is sealed completely shut thanks to the original architect's plan to keep the evil spirits from escaping. So we're left to watch in awe as the characters plunge into their own individual, bloodthirsty, lusty madness, and it is a beautiful thing to witness. Right. The most stunning thing is the imagery that's created by this film because they found the perfect way to balance grace and gore. Yeah, it's it, it just has like this weird, trippy kind of vibe where it's dreamlike. And it in, in a lot of ways, like I picked these two movies because for whatever reason, they kind of remind me of each other in this weird dreamlike world because things are happening and they're kind of out of the out of this world. But then they also kind of make you wonder if they're really happening. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it was just, it was just really cool. Like I was very impressed because initially in the first probably 30 minutes or so of the movie, like it doesn't necessarily draw you in. It takes a while to really build and then all of a sudden you watch this like religious contagion that comes throughout the church and it takes over people. You literally watch them descend into fucking madness slowly yeah. but surely in their own individual ways. And it is fucking brilliant and it is beautiful. I thought it was really good. Like I, I remember the first time I watched it, I always like, eh, it's okay. But then like I've always remembered it. I'm always like, oh, that's so weird. I don't think I've ever seen another movie do some no. of the stuff that they do in this movie. No. And they do it very similar to like the old traditional gothic sort of um, demons yes. and like religion and stuff. Uh, you could tell that it was like done through the eye of like a painter. Mm -hmm. Almost like uh, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the people that, that did this movie, they use some of that you know, the artwork from those times to kind of make shit for this movie. Yep. And uh, Michelle Sovey talks about it a lot. And I really, I don't know. Like, I just, I just I'm just, i so glad it just came out on Blu-ray like a couple months ago. I picked it up for like, I think it was like 13 bucks on Blu-ray. And I was like, fuck yeah. And it's got like Michelle Sovey talking about it. And it's also got Asia Argento. And she speaks uh, Italian in there too. <laughs> I was expecting her to just talk like in English, but no. Yeah. Awesome. She speaks two languages at least, minimum. I wish I spoke two languages. Well, we live in America. We don't study more than sarcasm and English. So yeah, it's about as far as my we study own. selfishness and uh, egos. I'm yeah, just kidding. you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, in touching on the fact that we were just talking about the references and everything to old artistic works yeah. for this film, it does contain many allusions and references to religious artwork, which kind of I feel like ties it together the yeah. best. Um, That's what I loved about it because it looks traditional. It like, does really. look traditional. It's absolutely fantastic. And like the designs for the reptilian gargoyle demon specifically that wraps his arms around the butt naked chick. Right. Yeah. 
He is taken directly from an infamous 17th century woodcut of a man that is selling his soul to the devil. Bosch? Is that what it is? B-O-S-C-H? you're yeah. correct. Yeah, I think it is. I saw there's a painting of it. And while the image of the naked woman embracing... No, no, no. That's what you're thinking of. The image of the naked woman that's embracing the demon is lifted from the painting Vampire's Kiss. That's the one, By yeah. the fantasy artist Boris Vallejo. Right. Okay. Um, Which, I mean, it's pretty spot on... He looks like a gargoyle, but I, I don't know. From the painting. Oh, like, yeah, they, they did it exactly visually. like it. Yeah. It's pretty beautiful. But yeah, I mean, they, they really did delve very, very deeply into ancient religious artifact artwork. And it you can you can tell. And it's beautiful. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's really good. It is. And it just goes along with the overall feel from the movie. So it just, it feels authentic and it feels realistic. And I... I don't know. I, I really took that away from it because I love anything that has to do with old Gothic churches. I'm so just boner city about it. But well, and surprisingly, like I know a lot of people that are not big fans of the '80s movies. They'll like try to watch them and be like, "Oh man, the, his lips aren't even syncing up and shit like that." And yeah, they're they're speaking Italian in the movie, but it's like English dubbed. Yeah. Um, but. Um, one thing I will admit, though, is that the acting in it, even physical or even the 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 actual recordings of the the English dubs, were really good. It's really like, good. Like we were debating on if it was actually dubbed or not. Right. Well, I think some of the actors uh, do do speak English, but a lot of them don't like well, so they usually dub them. Yeah. Uh, they did that a lot with a lot of like Fulci movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, but honestly, like the acting in this is really good. Like I was like surprised because a lot of the a lot of the movies from that time are very, you know, it's just weird acting. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's not as bad. It's just different than most people are used to. Right. Well very it's, theatrical. It, it always comes across differently when you're viewing it in a different language than what it's filmed in. Right. Yeah. That's I always wonder that too. Like when people watch like English movies or uh, like British or, totally or American or overacting. Yeah, crazy. like what they think yeah. what it is in another language, you know, because it can ruin it. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend in Germany who's like he's watched South Park. And he in the South Park, uh, fucking German Kyle. South Park. Yeah, the S- South Park Kyle. <laughs> but he sounds completely different. Like oh, no. it's like Kyle's really like weird. The best character. Right? Is it Kyle? No, 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 not Kyle. Cartman. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Cartman's but, annoying in any language. So right, but he's really bad in Germany. That's oh, what I he believe said. it. Yeah. I absolutely believe it. Yeah, <laughs> like he's annoying as fucking English. He's so. like, I only watch it in English, but you know. He's like, it's funny because... Yeah, Cartman like, sucks in whatever language you watch him in, so... <laughs> period. All right. Doesn't matter. Um, to get into a little more trivia on this movie, um, the film is very loosely based on the short story, The Treasure of Abbot Thomas. Um, it adapts the central premise of a librarian working at a gothic cathedral shrouded in a dark supernatural past. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Sound familiar? Um. <laughs> Writers Dario Argento and Franco Farini initially conceived the film as the third and final entry in the popular Demon series, which we spoke about a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. However, director Michel Sovi, a longtime protege of Argento who had served as assistant director on several of his films, insisted that the film stand alone and not be connected with the first two entries, rewriting it to remove any direct references to the previous films or their mythology. Which is like first no, hearing that after watching, I love part. I love demons one and two. By right. the way, like I, I, I kind of <laughs> want like it, 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 there's a piece of me, a side of me that goes, man. I wonder what it would have been like because to me, 
Demons 1 and 2 is so unique and different than any other Demons movie that you really get to see other than like Evil Dead. Specifically in part 2 because they took the blood of the demons anytime it got spilled, it would burn through the fucking floor and melt people and their faces shit. Right. And it was so cool. Like I'd never seen anything like that. Cool. But in the same regard, I still like this movie, but in the part there's a part of me that really wishes I could have seen that other version too. Yeah, I feel like everybody does. In a perfect world. To be honest, yeah, in a perfect world, exactly. Um, there was an interview that Sobe did with um, Cinefantastique. Mm-hmm. The magazine or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. which he explained that he wished to move beyond with his creations following the film's release. And what ended up coming from that was a severed partnership with Argento. So basically the things he said about how he wanted to take this movie and elevate it and separate it from Demons 1 and Demons 2 and make it its own kind of entity ended up severing this longtime partnership between the two of them, which I feel like is really sad. They're best friends, though. But it could in, in this time frame, though, when they didn't when this was released, it completely just like. Really? I never heard that. He didn't talk about it in the movie in the extras. I don't know what where that is from, but they've been friends ever since. So Cinema Fantastique said this. This is what he said to them in the interview that they had with him in the extras on the blu-ray it doesn't seem like it adds up no because he had even said that that um argento and the other writer who put this together originally he said go ahead change anything you want about it Mm -hmm. and they all three worked on a new script to make it different i don't know if maybe this was just like bad blood at the time huh that's weird because i wouldn't think cinefantastique uh would report something like would say that yeah but i don't i don't i don't remember there being any real bad blood between them uh for anything because even asia argento she was like in her part Mm -hmm. in the extras she was like it was so great like watching him direct he's like he has such an amazing vision and he was like, and it was like watching my dad's best friend in him, you know, like he was an assistant then, but he was the best friend. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But hey, you read it from there. So what the truth holds. Let's blame that. them, guys. However, you know. <laughs> um, speaking you. of the writing and the writers on this film, um, though only Sobe, Argento, and Farini are given on screen writing credits, additional rewrites were made by Dardano Sacchetti and Lamberto Bava. Hmm. Um, with the film's medieval prologue being penned by Bava's brother, Fabrizio. I just really wanted to say Fabrizio. Fabrizio. English language dialogue was written by ADR director Nick Alexander, mm-hmm. bringing the total number of writers on the film, credited or otherwise, to eight. Makes sense. I mean, they probably conceptually were trying to come up with something as good as like one and two of demons. Yeah. And so it got changed so many times they had to go in and uh, fucking fix it. So Right. Makes sense. So I know that there's a little bit of um, talk about where they originally wanted to shoot this movie, which mm-hmm. was, of course, in Nuremberg, Germany. Ah. Um, and they even did some test shots there when they were preparing to film the movie. However, it was abandoned because the town of Nuremberg didn't want a horror movie to be shot there. In a church, especially. Especially in a church. Right, yeah. Um, so the production ultimately settled on using Matthias Church in Budapest, which right. is an archaeological architecturally similar and historically significant location um, that is actually the real-life burial ground of both Baelith III, which was the king of Hungary and Croatia between um, 1172 and 1196, and Agnes of Antioch, who was the queen of Hungary who married him from 1172 until 1184, and she was his first wife. Okay. 
So that's a little bit of interesting well, history that ties that together. And if you, there's actually a book um, that inspired this movie a lot too. Fulcanelli's the book called The Mystery of the Cathedrals, which is talks about at the year like 1000, I think it was like a thousand years, all of a sudden all these churches started popping up, these like Gothic cathedrals. Yeah. Which is really weird. Like, and, and not just like in Germany or anywhere, everywhere. Like, it, just all of a sudden. And it was weird. Like, a lot of, there's a lot of history. I kind of want to read this book, but yeah. he, he, he talks about it. And he said that, um, you know, when, they ha- when he hands that book to her, he's like, here, you can borrow this, uh, Fulcanelli's uh, book. And she takes it home with her. And that's when she gets like all f- freaked out by weird shit in the window. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, he also said, like you said, uh, he was inspired by the paintings uh, Primarily. of hell. And uh, he said it was also a painter named Bosch. Uh, or somebody who did a lot of the extra stuff uh, on the on he like literally painted all of these like paintings for the movie. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting uh, because they wanted to do that like arch- architectural sort of thing. That's why I say the story's a lot deeper than than I felt you may have thought because like they went into detail about how it was built, why it was built. Yeah. Like, a little bit more. You really did. It was really thought out. Well, she was mentioning earlier that they talk about the Teutonic Knights. Um, they were also known as the Kingdom of Jerusalem because they were like an order that was to protect churches that were preaching Christianity because there was a lot of people. It was like during the Crusades kind of mm-hmm. time. Um, but they were, like she said, from Germany. Um they called it the Order of the Brothers of the German House of St. Mary in Jerusalem. Try writing that on a card. For real. Uh, who served uh, the Holy Roman Emperor in 1515 later on. But it was formed in 1190, so it's pretty... We're talking pretty old shit here, guys. Um, pretty old shit. Yeah, but <laughs> Teutonic Knights were a, uh, like she said, a German crusading military order, Um but I thought it was really interesting that they were they would they would do this during the Holy Land and all the different uh, the Baltics they called it um, during the Middle Ages. Some of the I did well. I wanted to go into a little bit about what yeah. Asia Argento say uh, said about uh, she said she was like twelve or thirteen. Michelle Sovi thought he was like she was like fourteen, but she said she was about twelve or thirteen when she did the movie. And uh, she said one of the scenes that she did where she had to go to the like. Dance discotheca. <laughs> discotheque. Yeah. The discotheca. Yeah. She had to go there and she said she was like the youngest kid there. She looked and like she it. said she was mortified because she was just so young and she had to do this acting role while all these older kids, like older adults, were like dancing and stuff. She's like, I was really supposed to be a 16 year old in the role, but I was like 12 or 13 when I actually did it. Uh, she also talked about the soap scene where. She sees her father's demon face, which that demon face is directly from one of the paintings that that Bosch guy, I believe, did. So they they built a face for that specific from the painting. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, She said that the actor was kind of rude to her, though. And uh, the soap that they put in her mouth was actually toothpaste. Oh, really? Yeah, and they like just put it, they just wanted to make it seem like foamy. So it seemed Better like. Than actual soap. Right. So. And she said it did burn her mouth and she hated it. Well, yeah, like copious amounts of toothpaste will burn her right, mouth. Right. Because it's like not just, you know, especially it's old baking toothpaste. Soda. Right. <laughs> Shit, like, ow. Um, did you know that the girl in the wedding dress that gets stuck in the door? Mm-hmm. She is, was the girlfriend of Dario Argento. Really? Yeah. Neat. 
So that was his his girlfriend in the scene in the wedding dress, and she said that she was like really into herself, into that. Uh, so you could kind well, of you, tell. Can, you can see it because that character right. is super into herself. So. Right. So it kind of she kind of fit. Yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> it works really well. He picked the breast the the breast character. The breast. Ah! Picked the breast character. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, so what are some of your favorite scenes from this movie? Um, well, I have quite a few. There are so many really good ones. It was really hard for me to pick. Yeah, I have a lot. I, like, it really was. There was a scene, it's not really so much like gory or anything like that. It's just like very trippy and really well done, like well shot, well edited, sound, everything. Like, I loved everything about it. Uh, it's when the librarian guy goes down and takes the, the goat or lamb head on the cross that's on the ground uh it's got like a it's like a lamb head with like seven eyes, eyes yeah and a seal it's like a seal on this cross in the middle of the cross and uh in the basement and he opens he opens it and like looks down and sees the cross fall which is really cool into this whole water scene it was like a, a mirror or something it was really cool and then he reaches down which i would have been like fuck that i'm not reaching down in that shit Mm-mm. uh he reaches down and finds like a bag this like dirty old fucking leather bag and he opens it up and all these little hands come out of the fucking bag and start choking him like all these like rotted hands and like demon fingers and shit like that. I thought that was cool, Uh, but it strangles him and he's like choking himself with like his dirty hands and it's kind of like symbolizing uh, that he's possessed or getting possessed, uh, that he's been infected by the evil somehow. Uh, but they did keep the scratch thing in there like they do in the demons movies because if someone gets scratched yeah. by a demon, they turn into a demon and then it's... You're infected faster. Yeah, it's like a zombie thing almost. Um, but like he scratches his hand on this piece of glass or whatever the fuck it was. There's like a piece of glass. I don't even understand why it was there, but it was in the hole of the cross. And you see like when he reels back after the cross fell through and the hands come out and choke him, you see him uh, lay back and then you see the cut on his hand. Well, that was a thing in the demons one and two. So if you look at the iconography of the the goat or the lamb head with the seven eyes and the seven horns, that is directly from Revelations 5, 6 in the Bible where they say, and this is like the newer version, by the way, I'm sure it's changed a million times, you know, to fit whatever, um, says, then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Which, if you've never read some revelations, dude, some fucking trippy-ass shit, dude. The Bible is trippy-ass shit. They talk about fucking beetles flying around, like gigantic beetles that some people kind of say that it could be like helicopters, that they didn't know what helicopters were back then. Because these were all visions, and Revelations is like an acid trip, by the way. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite scenes. I just wanted to kind of tell that in there, too. So what about you? What's one of yours? I don't remember his fucking role in the whole movie, and I don't really care. But yeah. I, all I know is he's an abusive father, and he's a piece of shit. Anyway. Sacristine. So what? Yeah, sure. That's what he is. He ends up getting, he slowly becomes possessed and he throws himself on top of a jackhammer. Fuck yeah. Which is amazing. And then um, father, I 
whatever the the the, the, the father the main guy, guy that ends up father saving Gus. the whole thing. Father Gus, thank you. Father Gus, um, you know, kind of catches on to the fact that something's wrong with this guy, and he ends up following down to like this basement area, and then he sees that he's thrown himself on this jackhammer, and it is this beautiful fucking scene of him just being like, "What the fuck?" And then just like, and then the blood ends up opening up. Yeah, well, the the this is what goes into the mechanical pieces in the church and what seals the door. So he's like, literally, guys, he stick a jackhammer, the spiky part that you in use, his stu- in his gut, in his gut, lays on it. It it go he balances on it and goes through him, and then when he falls on his back and it's poking out the back of him, it like touches the seal of the cross and it shakes the whole fucking church to activate the safeguard to keep everybody in and all the yep. evil in. And then all of a sudden, that's when shit goes fucking haywire. You've got haywire. this chick that's in this big, beautiful bridal gown that is standing in front of the main door of the church, and the photographer that's taking pictures, right? And you see this very slow moment of the doors closing behind her, and her realizing the doors are closing and trying to move, but it catches the dress and the veil, right? And she's stuck, and she's completely like closed into this door herself, and now she's just she's she's basically captured. She can't get out. Which is a really cool scene because it is a really cool scene. It milks the is this real really happening and yeah. is this as, as dangerous as it seems? Absolutely, and then you get to watch her slowly go insane, right? Because of that, which is really cool. Which I'm sure Argento really enjoyed watching her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because I was his girlfriend at the time. So. Right. But yeah, I thought that scene was really cool and it was very dramatic. Um, and it, it happened very slowly, but it paid off cinematically in the end like it just looked beautiful right um so i actually i love that scene as well so i i said too so go fuck yourself no yeah no no that is a really (laughs) good scene uh i just love that part because it's like the part where that's where the shit gets real from that point on that's like this where the second act is like yeah it's we're ready we're ready or maybe it's actually we're ready yeah it is pretty pretty crazy it gets nuts after that point the the remember we talked about the goat um and how it how it looks and everything. There was that scene where the so girl goes cool. home and she looks out the window and sees the goat head licking the window sort of thing. Oh, it's so weird. And then like she like goes to run with the phone into the bathroom and then you hear something scuffling outside of her bedroom or out of the bathroom I should say and it yanks the cord from her and like pulls the phone into the door while she's calling the the police. police yeah. And it's like I don't know, it's like a really effective scene. Yeah, and then she jumps headfirst out the window and ruins it. Right, and you see, <laughs> and you see that like time has like gone by really quick or something. Yeah, it's weird. Like that was one of the scenes that I didn't really quite understand. It makes sense to me because like, well, I mean, it either could be that it's a really small place where she lives because this was before they all got trapped in the church. Yeah, because she was literally on the phone and everything happened within a less than a minute, and the police were there. And there's like no way yeah. that 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 all fucking happened no. and they were there. Yeah. That, I felt like that was a, such a weird throw-in, throw-away scene, but at the same time it worked right. in a weird way, even though it was not central to the plot at all. It was still cool. But oh, just, yeah. Just because that f- like very f- split flash moment of the ghost of the goat licking the window. It's, it's great. Is so weird and uncomfortable. Right. Because no movie does that. No movies do that. Yeah, no, not at all. And then when she slams the door shut on the phone cord and all of a sudden the whole phone gets shoved back into the door, I was like, God damn, all right. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and they're like, what's happening? And then I'm like, wait, who is this and why are we even here? Right. <laughs> you know? Well, I've always felt like it was the fucking librarian, but because Remember he called her on the phone? Yeah, it's, it's and like was like like he changing it at a phone booth. Yeah, it was weird. 
It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's right. That's the whole phone booth scene. Yeah, it's almost like the scene from Monster he Squad. If you've ever seen Monster <laughs> Squad, miraculously bleeding from the forehead, and I'm like, Did you ever watch Monster Squad? Yeah, but. Well, there was a part where the fucking um, the Wolfman goes to the phone and calls like Sean's dad, and he's like, "You gotta save your son! Uh, I can't prevent myself!" Ah, ah. It's kind of like that. It reminds me of that scene in particular, right? Um, even though it's you know, I think this was after it, so I wonder if they got no. There's no way. <laughs> anyway, do you have another scene or? Can we talk about the weird bromance chemistry between the two young boys that was so like Michael Jackson-y esque? Like, oh, the mirror thing moment. that was so yeah. weird. They say that when you die, if your friend your doesn't watch friend you when you sleep, oh. then you will, and he doesn't see you, then you'll never die or something like that. That was so weird and uncomfortable. And then he cool. changes into him. Like that was cool. Person. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see this weird hand come up and drag him down and that's it. Right. That's it. And then you see another weird kid that was smoking in the pews yeah, go there up was some and there's mischief. another kid that's inside the plastic on the walls. Right. And he goes up and fucking bites into the dude's arm that's behind the plastic. Nothing of that is explained. It's just this weird visual. And I'm I like, loved it. that is so fucking cool and the so The kids are really creepy. You know, the kids yeah. are super fucking creepy. And in that moment, I was like, ew. The weird thing about this whole scene, by the way, is that bad shit's happening and other people have seen it but it's like they're in their own minds almost like they're exactly like they're in their own hell uh and and it's like they're not aware of the other people and what's going on right so it's really it's really really surreal the best one though in my opinion of those weird like cutaway kind of story scenes was the old couple oh yeah the bats and the belfry chick dude like, this old couple is just, they're a fucking pain in the ass the entire time. Like, and <laughs> This they, phone, this goddamn contraption isn't working. Yeah, they somehow managed to get up to the bell tower, and she's trying to convince her old ass husband to help her, like, bang on the bells, right? But to they get attention. Yeah. To get attention, but they can't find the cords to pull on them, so they're just trying to bang on them, right? And, and he's, then, like, been complaining this entire time. The whole time. Right. Talking about how horrible it was to climb up these stairs and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's just being a whiny old man, and she's just basically like fuck you like we're trying to get help or whatever and then the scene cuts and then they go do something else and then all of a sudden it cuts back to them in this bell tower and the wife has the husband's head in her hands right she's banging on the bell with her husband's fucking head right it's pretty cool and it's amazing like that whole like there was no explanation needed whatsoever in that scene yeah they don't even show her cutting his head off no they don't show it you don't need to i felt like if they would have shown it it would have taken away from it it would have completely taken away from the like the impact that that scene had right it would have shown it like it (laughs) was just so bizarre what the fuck and weird like and it was hilarious and like i like i mentioned you slow you get to watch all of these characters slowly descend into their own personal fucking madness whether it's violent or lusty or however they're whatever they want to envision it's fucking crazy and it's super bizarre and that was when i was just like holy shit that was cool yeah there was like a a group of motorcyclists that stopped into the church for like a minute for like water or something i don't even know what the fuck stuck there and trying to go to a concert (laughs) yeah but they 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 figure out that they're going to try to like escape and she goes, uh, they break through some floor or something, and she's, like, dangling, and he's, like, holding her by her arm. I almost forgot about that scene. Yeah, and she she sees, she turns, and she's like, oh, my God, thank you for catching me kind of thing. And then she sees light, and you're like, what is that? 
and then wham, <laughs> whammy. Literally. Yeah, she gets splatted against the side of a fucking subway train. It's amazing. Which doesn't really make too much sense Not because if the basement is the lowest part, why did they? Wouldn't it mean that they built like a subway through the basement where all the bodies were? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It really... doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter because it looks cool, and this this all plays into the whole fact of it's all in your head, right? Kind of thing. So I, but I love that. That scene. was cool, yeah. It was just, just the way her face looks too. It's it was like, so cool, like she melts, like she looks like a giant crayon that just kind of like, pfft. right? Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was neat. The other one is the is sort of towards the end. It's just really creative and like, what the fuck is going about on? The goat sex scene? No, the flesh tree, the body. Oh, I love that. Scene. It looks like a fucking like a demon's head. Yeah. That's made out of entire bodies and like real people too that it's are like dope. like balanced on it and covered in like this weird brown sludge that comes up out of the middle of the floor of the fucking church, which is so weird. And like I, I all I kept thinking while all this shit was happening is this is done in a real church. Yeah. Like what the fuck? I remember Asia kind Argento religious pieces. Right, of shit is going she on said here. that they had to desecrate the. They had to de-desecrate or, or whatever the fuck. She explained it as like, I don't think it was translated really well because she was speaking in Italian. Right. Um, they basically had to unfuck what they did. Well, they had to unfuck it before they fucked it so that, that it wouldn't be fucked. Yeah. And then unfuck they it un unconsecrate, deconsecrate is what she, the words were, deconsecrate the, the grounds before they shot the film so they could then again conse consecrate the grounds again over top of it. After they were done. So it's like, what? Like, I don't understand that. But yeah, I'm thinking the whole time, like, all this shit's going on in this fucking place. And like, man, Budapest is the shit, dude. Right? <laughs> They're like, fuck yeah, we got some money. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? You want to fuck a dog? Go ahead. Fine. You want a goat creature to fuck a chick? Cool. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you want to bang a head against a belfry? Go ahead. We don't give a fuck down here in Budapest. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know, guys. I really think this is worth a watch. And if you oh, haven't seen it and you like Italian horror films, I think you should own it. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, try to find it to watch it and then get it because it is out on Blu-ray right now for relatively cheap. Um, highly recommend it. It's, it's, like I said, if you've seen Demons 1 and 2, it's not going to be the same. But it is definitely going to be something you should add to your collection, I think. There's some really cool scenes that occur that we didn't talk about. So we didn't spoil everything. Right. There's so many things that happened that lot. I loved. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in this film, too, but in a different kind of way. Right. Than what they keep. Like, this just makes sense and visually and storyline story works along really well. Yeah. Um, In comparison to the other film. But I don't know. Watch it. I'm glad I did. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I really uh, did. I mean, it's it's pretty much a no compete here. You guys Absolutely probably already not. figured we it out. We love the keep. That's our favorite. I still Winter. like the keep. I <laughs> I still want to see the full version of it. I'm anxiously awaiting the documentary. Definitely keep your guys' eyes out I... for that if you want to at least see something about the movie being made. Uh, but I would check it out. You can rent it on uh, Amazon for like three bucks. I would like to watch the documentary. They did have the keep on uh, Amazon Prime for a while, mm -hmm. um, but then now. You have to read it when we want to watch it. Well, because the movie came out in March 2017 uh, for. But I remember it being on Amazon Prime for like a long time, dude. So mm -hmm. I remember seeing it. Yeah. So I don't know why it had that weird face, the like final form 
<laughs> on the front with the red eyes. Yeah, and we're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the shitty cover that like, they okay. didn't want to do, but like the cover for it is really awesome because it spells out the keep in the mm-hmm. building. It's really cool. But I don't know. I definitely give it to the church because it's just a better movie. Agreed. Um, 1,000%. If you're still looking for something that's like what we were talking about, about I mean, the, the keep, keep is cool in its own way. I feel like it, this is going to be like some people are really going to fucking love it and suck its dick and other people are just going to absolutely hate us for telling them telling them to watch it i think so, it's just got elements of things that you're just like holy shit that does. was I mean, fucking it, badass it has redeeming qualities like don't get me wrong it has its moments that are decent enough to keep you into watching the hour and a half of the movie however for three and a half hours i don't think i yeah. can tolerate that shit so uh, yeah that's a, that's a fucking that's, that's a, a marathon fucking movie like it's right. hard I mean, this ain't no dances with wolves no this, this ain't no titanic, titanic. Yeah. like <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, But it's funny because you. he did movies like Ali, which was a big success with fucking Will Smith yeah. playing Muhammad Ali. Fucking other fucking great movies that are really good, too. Like, And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it, It's weird. What is this? This is yeah. definitely during the drug phase of Michael Mann's life, For I'm sure. pretty sure. This is definitely like his redheaded stepchild <laughs> like moment. Uh, but yeah, guys, if you haven't already seen that, have you seen these movies? Do you like these movies? Which is your favorite movie? Please sound off in the comments below and let us know what you think about these. Uh, we always greatly appreciate you guys coming by every week. And uh, as always, make sure you share with us uh, with your friends, because the more people we reach, the bigger we can get, the more we can... Uh, do for you guys yeah uh, we are still waiting on a few people to sign up for the vip club uh, i don't know if everybody listens to the end so i probably should have added this in the beginning but we're doing the vip thing so we only need a couple more entries once you're in we can do the giveaway and you guys will be entered literally we're waiting for like two or three more people that's 75 people that are subscribed to our account to our fucking email once we get that number which is not very many people you have a one in 75 chance to win a picture of my butt right (laughs) that i drew on a (laughs) post-it right (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) she's gonna shit in a box and kick it your way box and chuck it at your face (laughs) no we're gonna do a digital gift card for 20 to 25 dollars whatever amazon will allow us to do i think it's 25 uh, but yeah, it's like twenty twenty five dollar gift card for you guys, uh, just for signing up, just for listening, just for sharing, just for helping us out. We really, really appreciate you. It's free money. But yeah, if you guys have any suggestions or anything that you want us to watch or something like that that you'd like us to go over, please Tell let us. us know. We got a few interviews that are coming up here soon. I've been trying to get organized with it, but man, it's just been just nonstop fucking work, man. Like we've been busy as fuck. So um, we've got about three interviews lined up. Uh, and a guest friend supposed to come on. So it's we got a lot lined up. I think actually we got three people, three friends, three three interviews from people in the industry. They want to be a part of the amazing podcast that you guys are a part of listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming by. I uh, hope you have a great week this week. Uh, and as always, stay weird, monsters. Stay weird, monsters.